Um, my name is Doug Bridge. Uh, I'm the family ministry pastor. Uh, so if, if you're wondering where the regular guy is, he'll be back next week. Um, first service, he sat in the front row. What's with that? No, no pressure or anything. At least he laughed at some of the jokes, so that was good. Um, so we're beginning a new series entitled God With Us, and I have the privilege of kicking that off with you today. Um, the first installment this week is In the Valley. And since Christmas is um, kind of one of those seasons that is special and exciting and, you know, all this happens, um, we don't do this for much of anything else. Uh, but that's because of this name that God has. In, in one of the songs we sang this morning, it talked about in your mighty name. And I think the amazing thing about God is he has so many mighty names. But one of those mighty names that we're going to talk about this morning comes from Matthew 123. And it reads something like this. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. And if that just kind of goes right past you, you realize how miraculous that was to begin with, right? But, and we'll move on. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That's, first of all, I want you to note that, you know, being somebody that works with kids a lot, I like to keep things simple. So everybody should be able to remember the verse for today, Matthew 1, 2, 3. Okay? It's right there. Right there. Um, but it's an amazing concept to recognize that we have, as believers, no matter where we live in the world, we have this amazing thing of God being called Emmanuel, God with us, and I, I want to emphasize those four words a little differently just to kind of get you in the same frame of mind that I hope I am, which is God is with us. The God of the universe, the God who created everything, the God who sent his son so that we could have a relationship with him, the God who knows it all because he made it all, God is with us. That's crazy. Why would he do that? I mean, you know us. <laughs> On our good days, God with us? And yet, we'll go with this one, God is with us. Not sitting somewhere on a shiny throne, ready to throw, you know, a, a really sharp and electrified lightning bolt at you when you make a mistake. Not that God, but a God that's with us. And God is with us. He made us. We blew it. He made it possible to be with him again. And he desires to be with us. Which brings us to our focus today. I'll, now that Jim's not sitting right here, I'll move over to this side. And he intimidated me terribly for service. I just, I stood in my little pocket over there, and these people got to see my back the whole time. I don't know what to tell you. So he's not here, so it's okay. So God is with us, especially when we're in the valley. Now, I don't know what your valley might be. Um, Let's go to point number one, because some of you really like the whole blank, fill in the blank thing, and this doesn't do much for you, I know, but later I'll make your day, I promise. Um, and for those of you that don't like blanks, enjoy this one, because the next one's going to drive you nuts. 
Um, what's in your valley? This idea of a metaphorical valley. It isn't really a valley, but metaphorically speaking, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And even the kids get this concept. We understand that there are mountaintops in life, and those are great and we love those. And there are also valleys in life, and they're not so great and we don't love those. But let's, let's give name to some of those valleys. Maybe your valley is loneliness. And this time of year, it just seems to get worse. Maybe your valley is health issues or family issues. It can be parents. It can be kids. It can be a marriage. You can have a valley that includes issues with friends. There can be school-related valleys, work-related valleys, money problems, depression, the valley of stress. Now, maybe I didn't just name your valley. And, and maybe you're in that unique period of life right now, that moment, that window, where your last valley is behind you and your next valley hasn't reared its head yet. And we all know it will. And, and in this moment, maybe you have that unique time, but you know what those valleys have been and you can only imagine what they'll be next. Maybe your valley actually has a name, like the name of the person sitting next to you. Don't look at them right now. Okay? Don't look at them right now. If they're your valley, don't, don't go there. That... Sorry. It's just too much fun. It seems, though, that valleys have been actually given names by by the psychological uh, medical groups out there, and you've heard these before, and these are real names. It's not like, you know, Doug made these up to be funny. These aren't funny, but these are out there. The holiday blues, holiday anxiety, or holiday depression, also referred to sometimes as seasonal depression. And apparently we have something to look forward to because there's even post holiday depression. <laughs> and if you're on vacation, you can have post-vacation depression. And those are real honest-to-goodness things. Now, if Matthew 1, 2, 3 worked really well for you, this next one should work well for you too. Let's uh, look at Psalm 2, 3, 4. <laughs> you guys notice these things, right, normally? These are things that you... Well, okay. If not, I'm going to point them out to you. In the New Living Translation, Psalm 23, 4 says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you, God, are close beside me, God with us. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And for those of you that have been around a little longer, you might remember the King James Version went something like this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, God with us. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You see, God has woven throughout Scripture uh, a beautiful picture of what he knows we're going to face. He understands that there are going to be valleys. 
He knows that. Sin is in the world. It wasn't, it wasn't his first choice, but apparently it was one of ours. And we just keep that rolling. And, and in this darkest valley, um, it can get really dark, can't it? It feels like there's no way out. And yet, God says, Emmanuel is my name. God with us. And just a side note, you probably know this already, but some people have read this and often asked, and maybe it's the group I hang with, um, but what's the difference between a rod and a staff? How come, why, why two? Well, the rod typically was that thing that was used as a, a defensive or an offensive weapon. It was used to drive off the bear, to drive off the wolf, to drive off the lion, to drive off whatever it was that was threatening the sheep, maybe to drive off a thief. Okay, that was, that was the weapon. But the staff, that was that crooked topped piece that they carried. It's the one that we usually see in the pictures. It's the one that a shepherd could use to keep his sheep safe, to draw them close to him to make sure that they were okay. He could use it to gently hold, move, or direct his sheep. And my question would be, can God be any clearer? He doesn't say he'll get me out of the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't say he'll fly me over so I get a good view of the valley of the shadow of death. He says that I'm going to go through that valley and that he will be with me. So God's pretty clear. It's going to happen. Now, for those of you that love to fill in blanks, here comes point number two. How's that? I mean, there you go. There's some blanks, right? While it's often easy to enjoy our relationship with God on the mountaintop, and isn't that kind of what we do? I mean, when things are going well, it's like, go, oh, God, just got a parking place right in front of Walmart. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, little things are important too. But, but this idea of we enjoy that relationship with God on the mountaintop, our relationship can grow much deeper with God, though, in the valley. Now, if you've been through valleys and you've not thought of this before, you need to think about this. Because unfortunately, we seem to be a people who don't learn what we need to learn in the mountaintops. Wouldn't it be interesting if we could learn what we need to learn in the mountaintops, maybe the valleys wouldn't be as necessary. But they are. We need them. And I believe that the reason God allows valleys in our lives is for this very purpose. Because often... In the mountaintop, I'm so excited and I'm so pumped and I'm jumping around so crazy and enjoying his blessing so much that he kind of gets like out of the picture a little. Sort of like Walmart at Christmas. All those people buying gifts and not one of them is buying a present for the guy who's having the birthday. That is so wrong. I mean, when was the last birthday party you had? And everybody else got gifts but you. Isn't that interesting? Warped, but interesting. 
You see, when I am in a valley, and I assume that when you are in a valley, that is when I most recognize my need. That I need God desperately. I need to not do this alone. I need his presence. I need to know that he is with me. Over the past few weeks, in this very room on Monday nights, just before 6 o'clock, at 6 o'clock our pulse group starts for kids. Pulse like, yes, you better have one. Okay? And pulse has to do with this idea of hiding God's word in our heart so that when valleys come, we have his word to rely on. It's just there at our disposal. And there have been two Monday nights in particular where we have this wooden bench up here that's kind of become part of our, our concept. And I was sitting on this bench about 15 minutes before things started, and there weren't a whole lot of kids there yet, but two in particular were sitting up front. And a couple of weeks later, two others were sitting right there. And the conversation was light and fun, I thought, until I asked just a really simple question. I wasn't trying to probe. I wasn't trying to be a pastor. I was trying to make conversation with two kids that aren't here a lot. And in the ensuing moments, they both shared some things that I've never had to face in my life. It was tough. And they just, just shared. Now, I want to make sure you understand, pastors have valleys too. Satan attacks pastors too. It isn't that I don't know what a valley is, but I had never been in my life through the valley that those two kids were sharing. The good news is, I could share with them about a Jesus that I know who has this nickname, Emmanuel. It's all about God with us. And, and in that moment, I needed to share with him something that we talk about here. Don't do life alone. Don't do life without God. Don't do life without God's people. Don't do life alone. It's so important. I can pray with them. I can pray for them. But the bottom line is, they're going to have to choose to either face those deep, deep valleys alone or to face those with Christ, to have God with them. A couple weeks later, it was another one in a completely different scenario, and I've never faced that one either. And frankly... I hope I never do. Perspective is an interesting thing, isn't it? Um, if you had a two-inch tall Christmas tree, it'd be a bitty little thing. But if you're at the bottom of a 50-foot hole and that little two-inch Christmas tree is sitting up at the edge of the top of that hole, tree's way tall. Perspective is all about the fact that when I'm in a valley, frankly, my valley is deeper than yours. 
Not that I know what your valley is, but it's because it's my valley. Now, maybe to you, my valley might seem more like, oh, I don't know, a ravine. Maybe because of the valley you're in, mine seems like a gulch or a ditch. Maybe a divot. And some of you are going, what is a dip? Never mind. When I golf, it's pretty big, okay? <laughs> Our valleys, my divot though, if I'm at the bottom of my divot, it's deeper than your ravine because it's the one I'm in. And it isn't that we need to compare because comparison is not the point, is it? It's that God says he will be with us. So... To what extent does God want to be with us? This morning, I have to recognize that in this room, there are people that have known the Lord longer than I have. And I've been, I've been walking with the Lord for over years. So, so some of you, you know, haven't been alive that long. Others of you have just begun to know the Lord recently. And, and a relationship with him is so exciting. And it is, because can I tell you this many decades later, it's amazing it's, it's what makes getting up in the morning exciting because you're going to be with God. Um, maybe, though, you're here because somebody next to you, maybe that valley, and they're your valley this morning because they invited you to church. Why in the world would you go to church? There's good football on somewhere. Some channel's got to have football or soccer or golf. Do people really watch golf? Because anyway. Um, so this idea of to what extent does God want to be with us, it's a fair question to ask. And, and if you don't have a relationship with God, maybe that's a, a stumper for you. I mean, we're talking this morning about God with us. We've said it a lot of times, Emmanuel, God with us. We've read verses about it. One, two, three, four of them. Okay, oh, no, only two. Um, we've read verses about him, and, and it's... But really, God with you? I mean, how real is that? And so what I want to do by way of kind of wrapping up is I would really like to read something to you. I'd like you to read along quietly. You don't have to read it out loud. Um, it's a section of Scripture some of you are really familiar with, but maybe not in this translation. I chose it because of our crowd this morning. You know, we're, we're a broader group this morning than we usually are as far as age goes. And so... Uh, just read along with me quietly, if you would. Lord, you have examined me. You know all about me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You know my thoughts before I think them. You know where I go and where I lie down. You know well everything I do. Lord, even before I say a word, you already know what I'm going to say. You're all around me, in front and in back. You've put your hand on me. Your knowledge is amazing to me. It's more than I can understand. Where can I go to get away from your spirit? Where can I run from you? If I go up to the skies, you're there. If I lie down where the dead are, you're there. If I rise with the sun in the east and settle in the west, beyond the sea, even there you would guide me. With your right hand, you would hold me. I could say, the darkness will hide me. The light around me will turn into night. 
But even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as light as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made my whole being. You formed me in my mother's body. I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. What you have done is wonderful. I know this very well. You saw my bones being formed as I took shape in my mother's body. When I was put together there, you saw my body as it was formed. You ready for this? All the days planned for me were written in your book before I was one day old. God, your thoughts are precious to me. They are so many. If I could count them, they would be more than all the grains of sand. And when I wake up, I am still with you. And may I add, because you are Emmanuel, God with us. Today, we've talked a lot about God with us. If you don't have that relationship today, perhaps this is your day. Perhaps before you were a day old, God wanted you in this place to hear his desires to be with you. For those of you who already know God and have experienced the rich blessing of being a part of his family, I'd like to ask you to pray along with me. You can pray out loud or you can choose not to. That's fine. But we want to draw, by way of conclusion, to a place where we're going to thank God for the things that we've talked about this morning. God, I'm amazed and grateful for a relationship with you that is so close and personal. I am so thankful that you are with me and have been since before I was even aware. Would you please help me to hold on to this truth? Emmanuel, God with us. You, God, with me. Father, when I am in a valley, I want to grow in my love and faith in you. Whether in a valley or on a mountaintop, I want to appreciate your gracious blessings and realize it's not me. It's you that brings every good and perfect gift into my life. If you'd like prayer for a valley that you're in, or you'd like to hear more about that relationship with God where he is with you, we have a prayer team that'll be over here ready to, uh, to meet with you. May you sense this week, maybe more than you have in a long time, that Emmanuel, God is with you and loves being with you. Have a great week. Thank you.